Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Doris Kearns Goodwin is the best-selling Pulitzer Prize-winning author. Her last book was Team of Rivals, the political genius of Abraham Lincoln. The new book, The Bully Pulpit, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, and the Golden Age of Journalism. Joining us now. Thank you so much for being here. I've read and enjoyed your book. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad to be with you, too. Can we start by discussing process? Because I'm I'm totally taken with the idea that this is a seven-year project for you, and it seems like you are never intimidated by the idea that so much has already been written about a particular subject, whether it's Roosevelt, whether it's Lincoln. You did it with FDR. You've you've done it with JFK, and something clicks with Doris Kearns Goodwin where you say there's meat on the bone, there's a side of this that has never been fully explored, and I think I can tell it. 
Well, you know, what happens at the beginning is probably there is intimidation, because I always want to live with the presidents who are the most interesting, which means that so many books have been written about them. But since I know it's going to take me so long, I realize I have to find somewhat of a different angle, or else I'll just be repeating what these other great biographies have done. So with Lincoln, once I realized that that group of people that were in his cabinet had been his rivals, and they all kept diaries and they wrote journals, I finally knew after two years into that 10-year project that that was the story I wanted to tell. With FDR, it was Franklin and Eleanor and the home front in World War II that hadn't been told as much as Franklin or Eleanor. And then here, I knew I wanted to live with Teddy Roosevelt, but again, great biographies on him, so much less known about his friendship with Taft. And once I discovered they had all these letters between them, had really been close friends, and that the journalists of the era were critical to Teddy's success and Taft's failure, then I had my cast of characters. But the more the characters, the longer it takes you. And part in this book was the realization by Doris Kearns Goodwin that Taft had never been given his just desserts. I did really feel that. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think in some ways way back from the time when I was an intern for LBJ at the end of his life and saw how sad he was and felt his vulnerability, even though I never agreed with him on the war, I pledged to myself that I would try and look empathetically at all the subjects that I studied after that. And it was easy with Taft because he was a kindly, gentle, really smart guy who had been a key figure in Teddy's cabinet and who, even as president, tried to carry out Teddy's legacy, just wanted to do it with laws because he was a judicial temperament guy rather than executive actions. And as a result, history has very little memory of him except that he was fat and that he lost the election in 1912 and Teddy split the party and the Democrat won. So he, I was glad comes, to be able to bring him back. He comes across, <clears throat> when we, and it's, it's hard not to read this book without doing the direct comparison between the two, and Taft comes across being, at least to me, ill-equipped for that job, certainly ill-equipped to manage the bully pulpit. And then I find myself saying, well, if, if he hadn't been on the same stage with T.R., would I be of that opinion? I'm not so sure. That's a really good point. No, I think if he had come into the presidency, for example, when McKinley was president, when the Republican Party was rock solid and there wasn't this rupture with the progressive, he would have sailed through probably fine. But he comes into office at a time when the rupture between the progressives and conservatives has gotten big. Even for Teddy in 1908, it would have been hard. And you needed to be a public figure. You needed to be a really good political brilliant guy, and he never really loved politics. And I'm afraid that shows. When you get into the presidency, you have to love what you're doing to make it possibly work well. And, and so he didn't, he fell short. His wife has a devastating stroke, who'd been his partner, been his political campaign person, and it just shadowed his whole presidency, which made me feel sad rather than angry at him. Was there an epiphany moment in the research or writing process? You've already talked about how the cast of characters took shape in Doris Kearns Goodwin's mind, but was there a particular letter with T.R.? Was there a particular find where you said, aha, this is what I need to explore that no one has done before? I think the most interesting thing to me was this character named Archie Butt, who wrote letters to his family every day between 1908 and 1912 as the military aide, first to Teddy and then to Taft. And he was very close to both men. In fact, Teddy said he felt toward him like another son, and Taft adored him. And he chronicled the heartbreak of the rupture. And he was right with the two men all the time that there's no one else could have done. And I thought, oh, thank God for Archie Butt. You know, as, a, as an historian, when you get that kind of... And he was a journalist first before becoming a military aide, so his letters are full of 
intimate details and conversations that he records. And then, of course, the, uh, he becomes so much a character in my mind that I really care about him. Then it turns out in the spring of 1912, he needs a vacation because he's feeling this rupture so much between the two once Teddy decides to run, goes to Europe. Taft says, go, you'll be back in time. But at first, he doesn't want to go. He needs to stay with Taft. He goes and comes back on the Titanic and, of course, dies. And I guess that whole find of Archie Bott, I mean, people know about him in the historical world, but maybe the larger world didn't. It really allowed me to have an emotional ending to this heartbreak that I wouldn't have had otherwise. This is Doris Kearns Goodwin, winner of the Pulitzer Prize. The new book is called The Bully Pulpit, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, and the Golden Age of Journalism. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive. Then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish 
50 and use code smirconish 50 because you'll get 50% off that's code smirconish 50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish 50 get your 50% off caesar's sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with caesar's rewards that means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Doris Kearns Goodwin, winner of the Pulitzer Prize. The new book is called The Bully Pulpit. Take us into your writer's studio. Where are you? What are you surrounded by? How do you approach your craft? Well, we have a big old house, and every house, every room in the house has books. So one room is fiction, another is biography, another is history. But each book I write, I take over a different room. Somehow, like, for example, when I wrote Franklin and Eleanor, it was in one room. Then I had to move those books out to make room for Lincoln. You feel like you're betraying Lincoln when I had to move his books into a garage, which we then made into a th- it was a three-car garage. We made it into a huge library because the Lincoln books were huge. And so this one I wrote in a reading room downstairs and the Teddy Roosevelt books around me. Now, when I figure something else out, I'll have to either move somewhere else or put the book somewhere else. But that's the great glory, you know, to be in a house that my husband's a writer as well. So I get up early in the morning, um, especially in these last couple of years when I was trying to catch up on deadline, and love that those hours between 5 and 7 or 8. Before my husband gets up, we have breakfast, and I can write most of the day until nighttime, never write at night. We go out for dinner every night, sit at a bar with a bunch of our friends, eat, and then I come home and go to sleep and start all over again. Do you spend more time researching, more time writing, or more time thinking? Um, Probably most of it would be research in that period of time. Certainly at the beginning, you're researching. You read enough about the period so that you can figure out the story you want to tell. And then, and that can take me a while because I always need some special story so it's not just the same biography of these other people. And then, then you do start writing early. I remember reading by Barbara Tuckman, who was my heroine, an essay where she said, don't wait too long to start writing because you could paralyze yourself with too much research. And I always write chronologically, so it allows me to start writing, pretty, except for maybe the first chapter, which might often be an overview. So I start writing, and then you realize more every single chapter, what more research you need for that chapter. And then huge boxes are filled chronologically, and the house becomes a shambles. And then finally, they, they get put somewhere else. And so then you I, know the time has come to end it. I, I remember asking David McCullough the question of how he writes and how much time he spends writing, and it was he who corrected me and said, you're not asking me the right question, which is how much time do I spend thinking about what I'm about to write? So I've reframed the question because I'm curious as to how it all breaks down. Well, I think what happens to me is that I really do often see the story ahead of time. I mean, that's what I'd like to feel is the strength I have. I mean, I think other writers might be able to write more brilliant sentences, et cetera, but I, I feel fundamentally I'm a storyteller. But then what happens if I get a block in writing, it's often not because it's a writer's block in a classic term, but because I haven't thought out what the next part of that story is. So he's right about that. I think it often means, so I just stop. 
and I don't try to keep writing, but go back to the research, go back to the thinking, make the outline all over again. Maybe this character is coming in in the wrong place. Because what's complicated about the books I write is because there's so many characters, you have to figure out when to bring them on and off the stage and when to put their past history into it without screwing up the narrative. The bully pulpit with index included is 910 pages. It is. Is there, is there a page count at which Doris Kearns Goodwin says, that's just too long even for me? Well, you know, I, I think I would have panicked if it had been a thousand pages or even if it had been... <laughs> is that the over-under for you? I think so. And, and if it had been longer than Lincoln, it would have been embarrassing, but it's a little less than Lincoln. And, and it's true that even though um, the index and the end notes take up several hundred of those pages, so I'd like to say it's really only 700 pages <laughs> that people have to read, but it, it is fat. But my hope is when you get in a story then you don't care how long it is. And hopefully on ebook, you don't care at all how much you're carrying around. You know, there's a criticism of the, uh, the media today with regard to President Obama about how they've given him such a free ride and Obama has the media in his pocket, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm reading your book about the relationship that TR had with journalists, as you say, in the golden age of journalism. And I'm thinking, boy, if, if you think there's a coziness now, and I don't mean when it all went down the tubes for, for TR before the gridiron dinner, I guess, in 06 right. or 05. But that was really a, a, a unique time in our history where he would invite them in, be solicitous, wanted their opinions, would rely on their judgment. I think what made it work was that he himself was a writer, so he really respected writers. And the journalists, particularly the ones that are at the core of the book, who are at McClure's Magazine, are legendary journalists. Ida Tarbell, Ray Baker, William Allen White, Lincoln Steffen, still taught in history of journalism courses. He respected the exposés that they were doing on Standard Oil and the railroads and the meatpacking plants. They provided him with the stories he needed to use his bully pulpit to mobilize the country. And it was an extraordinary relationship. I don't think I've ever seen anything more close, but what made it work was that they could criticize him, and they still continued to in print. He could argue with them about their remedies and telling them they were impractical, they didn't understand compromise, and yet they never broke from that. And that's, that's what made it work. I mean, today it's so much more tense, the relationship between the press and the public and the president, and I'm not sure there are people out there doing these huge pieces that these guys did. You know, two years of research before they had to write a word, expense counts, and Word, 50,000-word articles month after month. Would we read them today? Do we have the attention span? They created the common conversation that allowed him to pressure the Congress from the outside in. That's what I was thinking as I was reading the book. In the Internet age, in this 24-7 news bubble world, it's hard to believe that people would sit for 10,000, much less 50,000 words. No, that's, that's the worrisome thing. Our, it's our attention span so fragmented today. I mean, even when the president tries to use the bully pulpit, for example, as Obama did with gun control, and it seemed, <clears throat> excuse me, it seemed for a while as if he was making headway. The po headway the polls showed people wanted background checks. And then somehow, you know, the special interests are always there sustaining their interests. And then breaking news happens and we're off on another subject and yet another subject. So it's hard for the public to sustain interest in one thing without moving to something else. What is the McClure's magazine of today, if there is one? And you don't have to be limited to print journalism. Well, you know, what I've been interested to find out about is ProPublica, which is a site that was similarly set up by people coming from other newspapers to do investigative reporting. And they've won several awards, 
and then they give their reporting to newspapers to print. And I gather there's a gathering of investigative journalists at that place. And I think that's the great thing about the digital age. As much as it fragments us, it also makes it possible, if people do the right research, to spread your word in a cheaper way than you would if we had to print these magazines and have them delivered, et cetera. So maybe there's a possibility there, even as we seem to think that this media age is dividing us. A final question, if I might, for Doris Kearns Goodwin. Thanks for being so gracious with your time. The new book is titled The Bully Pulpit. When did individuals of uh, wealth, prestige, the upper class find so much time to write? It's a great question because they weren't being distracted by television. They weren't being distracted by the modern, you know, looking at Facebook, looking at email. Reading and writing was their main occupation in that earlier time. And it just feels, when I look back at that sometimes, like a much more serene time filled with solace and deep depth of thinking and writing. I sometimes wish I were back there. Do you know what's next for you? I'm not sure. I think I might do something on leadership and have all my guys come together that I've lived with over the time and see what traits they shared so that I can understand what makes for a successful president. Awfully nice to have you on my program. I wish you all good things. Thank you. I do you too as well. Thank you. Thank you. That's Doris Kearns Goodwin. Nice to have her on the program. I love hearing not only about, obviously, the bully pulpit itself. I know what you like. You like picturing the farmhouse. I love picturing the farmhouse. (laughs) I want to know what that that garage looks like. There was a three-car garage and is now a big library. Are you kidding me? My mind's going crazy. I'm always intrigued with that. You know that I, I love Nelson DeMille, who writes fiction. I love Nelson DeMille's work. And I've uh, once, oh, it's a long kind the of story. Process. but It's the process. But I, I once, in doing uh, something for CNN, got him to allow a camera to come in and film his process. And in his case, I should have asked this of Doris Kearns Goodwin. Shame on me. I'd love to know whether she types or writes. Because DeMille writes on legal pads and that's the only way in which he approaches his work and then he has them typed up and then they come back to him and then and he marks I them write up in a very specific kind of pencil like a soft lead pencil particular type of pencil particular height of his desk and chair wow. particular nondescript office so that he doesn't have distraction and he says he's never met writer's block he just does it he, he just he just does it yeah, yeah. but i started by asking her i i would think if you're going to write a book about TR, what's left to be said? If you're going to write a book even about Taft, and I didn't know anything about Taft other than he was morbidly obese and got stuck in the bathtub before I read her her book. That and I guess the tariff. Uh, the golden age of journalism, not something that I knew much about, but I know that other people have researched these things. And yet her gift seems to be that she can look at a subject that you think you know, unearth new information and put it together in a manner that is readable even at 910 pages long as she says she is a storyteller and that's how she thinks of herself so that must be what comes to life in those that huge book that you have in front of you yeah well i am now going to go do bench presses during the intermission and uh and and i will you know build my pecs because it is a big manuscript book club with michael smirconish new episodes drop mondays wednesdays and fridays listen to the michael smirconish program weekdays on sirius xm's potus channel 124 and anytime on the sxm app connect with michael on facebook twitter youtube and at smirconish.com spring is that you Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. 
The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. The path to retirement is different for everyone. And as life changes, so do priorities. Fidelity can help you get where you want to go. With a free personalized plan, goal tracking, and timely insights, you'll be set to take on retirement, whether you're saving for it or already living in it. Get started at fidelity.com slash take on. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC.